Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. Now you see me, now you don't. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, it's GJ, and today I want to talk to you a little bit about some demon special characters that only appear in a single edition of Warhammer. We have in uh, Warhammer for basically every edition we have some Realm of Chaos supplements and that uh, that was in 3rd edition you had the Realm of Chaos books and then in 4th edition you have the Warhammer Armies Chaos with a box and encounters and tokens and, and magic item cards and stuff like that. And then in 5th edition you had not one but two Chaos supplements. You had the Realm of Chaos which was a box set not unlike the 4th edition box set with Chaos rewards and demonic gifts and magic cards and stuff like that. And you also had the Champions of Chaos book that included all the special characters. And in this book you find names that you will see a lot of times like Archaeon and names you will see only a few times like um, Egrim von Horstman who was also around in 5th edition, uh, sorry in 4th edition. But you will also find two names for demonic special characters that were only around in 5th edition. And those are Amon Chakai and Azazel. And I want to take a look at both of them uh, in this book and see how they compare to the regular non-special character demons that you will find in the Realm of Chaos book from 5th edition. However, before we do that, we will dive into news and hobby. Not everybody needs a hobby. A hobby is supposed to pass the time, not fill it. I did absolutely nothing, and it was everything that I thought it could be. Now, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but my hobby life has been sort of more of the same. I have been working very hard on my Beastman pledge for the Call of the Crown challenge. I have now finished my uh, gores, the gores that I want to either combine in a beast herd or have separately as part of uh, a 7th or 8th edition army. I have now finished in this month a a beast herd of 34 gores with 16 ungores. Uh, those gores have hand weapon and shield. And I've also finished a unit of 22 gores plus 16 ungores. As well as a few characters, a uh, battle standard bearer. And currently I'm working on some chaos warhounds. I have a set of the newer ones, the plastic ones, that have already been painted. And I'm not going to do too much about them. I'm going to touch them up here and there. Maybe add some, some colors or contrast. But I also had a set of the older metal ones. The ones that were from 5th uh, or 6th edition. I don't know which edition exactly. But these are um, very fun to paint. What I What I do is... 
I want to make each of them a little bit different and the way I do that is so I'm going all contrast paints with these or mostly contrast paints and I I do want to stay with sort of natural colors but also a little bit chaotic so the fur is going to be different shades of browns and grays there will be some flesh tones in there uh, some of the the scorpion or snake like tails will be green or red and there are some of the flesh hounds that have a scaly skin not not a fur but but more like scales or it's, it's yeah more pitted uh horny i don't know they look a bit more lizard like so i gave them different shades of 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 pink and purple and i think if we put them all together it looks really nice and i also think it will contrast really well with the chaos beastman army that i have painted up so far which is mostly browns and blacks and then a couple of metallics and uh, yeah different variations on those earthy tones beastmen i don't think they lend themselves really well for color and the little bit of color that you can put in will also then of course immediately make all those other units uh, stand out so that's what i'm going for here now i also have a game planned in february still a few weeks away but this is going to be a game where um, this is a, this is a, a gentleman I met on Facebook. He lives uh, uh, about an hour away from me, and he has asked if I wanted to uh, play a game, and he wants to take his dwarves, two thousand points of dwarves, and he has asked if I would like to bring my orcs and goblins. So I'm going to do that. I already made a list. I do want to add in some mercenary ogres, a couple of man-eaters that I've painted up in the past few months just to see how they perform. And I also wanted to do an orc shaman. And last year I started on Nazgob, the orc shaman that was a uh, turned into a special character for the Idol of Gork campaign in 5th edition. He was also available through 6th edition as a generic Orc Shaman. I think it's a really wonderful model and he's just a, such a joy to paint. There's... Um, yeah, I, I don't know really how to describe it, but sometimes you have those models that you you don't know what to do with them. And with Nazgob, it's like the paint almost jumps off of your brush onto the miniature uh, and then not not in a way of uh, splishy splashy patterns but uh, of course in a good way um maybe I, this this is sounding a bit way out there the way i describe it but uh, i found it very easy to paint him to a rather high standard a higher quality standard that i am used to of myself so um, I think this, this miniature lends itself really well for that. And then some other miniatures, they are a little bit less likely. Or maybe I'm just more sloppy with them. I, I'm not a very good painter. I never win any competitions. Uh, not that I want to or have to. Um, I just like to get my miniatures painted so that I can play them. But also, I do like the painting process. I like to put a little bit of myself in them. And... 
Yes, well, speaking of paint competitions, we still have the War Games Orchard paint challenge running for January. The theme is January Blues. And I have finally decided on what I want to do with my variation of this theme. Uh, this is, of course, going to be Zombie Pirates because that's the uh, running theme for all of these paint challenges for me. I'm basically painting a, a zombie pirate army on the side and I have no idea how far along I am because I I also use a couple of those uh, larger base sizes which are sort of unit fillers and well not sort of they are just unit fillers just to give me a little bit more room to work with and for this month I wanted to do something with the themed January blues. Uh, and I thought, well, the uh, Blues Brothers are a fun movie about uh, about blues, not necessarily about January. So I tried to make up a couple of zombies that are standing back to back, each on their individual base, and with their arms crossed. And I hope the effect will um, come off. I, I've painted them and... I should still base them. I still need to base them and write up a little story about them um, as to why they are blue and, and singing the blues. So that's still something that's in the work. And uh, I think that uh, somewhere next week I will probably post them up on the Facebook page. If you are on Facebook, if you are in the War Games Orchard group, then please um, also, well, if you, of course, if you want to participate, uh, please do so. But you also are more than welcome to just share your hobby work, your progress, anything that you're working on, any games you played. And we, we do have some people who uh, do that occasionally. Thomas Wood is a very ardent chaos dwarf player who uh, puts up some lovely miniatures very well painted also with a nice backdrop of a castle and, and a, a mode of lava and uh, yeah if you have some some pictures of your own to add to them please do so and like i said i will try to give it a shout out on the podcast whenever i i think of it so there's something i need to get in my system and that might be something that i will forget as well so um yeah just uh, share with us what you are working on and i have to uh also say this to myself because i am very terrible at doing that i have an instagram account i, I even have a an Instagram account for the War Games Orchard, and I always forget to post stuff. And maybe I do a group picture at the end of the month or something like that with this challenge. But yeah, I'm 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 terrible at keeping up with more than one social media outlet at a time. So um, that's uh, I'm saying this to myself as well. I should probably put post up some more pictures in the War Games Orchard Facebook group as well. Speaking of things that should or should not be, let's take a look at the two demons that are the two demon demonic special characters that are the focus 
of our show this week. We will start with Amon Chikai simply because he is the one who is listed first in the uh, Champions of Chaos booklet. Amon Chikai is the wisest and oldest of all the Lords of Change. While others of his kind are intelligent beyond human comprehension, Amon Chikai alone holds ultimate knowledge over fate and destiny. This great Lord of Change despises civilization and order and delights in bringing the world into ruin and chaos. He can impose his omnipotent will upon hapless mortals, twisting the natural flow of their destiny and bringing misery and ruination to their lives. Nothing pleases him more than seeing the world broken and made anew in the endless flow of change. Amon Chakai can see the threads of destiny as clearly as a mortal man can see the path ahead of him. He can destroy or elevate both his followers and his enemies by what appears to be a mere whim, for the motives behind the actions of demons are not for mortals to comprehend. For a thousand years Amon Chakai has sat immovable on his throne in the impossible fortress, studying the antics of mortals in fascination. Now he has been roused from this state, perhaps by the whim of Tsinch, or maybe by his own design. He has summoned his demonic minions to battle, and now commands the greatest demonic army ever assembled in the realm of chaos. His ambition does not end there, for he has now turned his diamond-like eyes upon the mortal realm. Madmen locked away in sanatoriums of the old world see visions of the great winged demon and scream that the end of the world is coming. In the far north the dark el- of the dark elf realm of Nagaroth, the sorcerers of the witch king, studying the realm of chaos, read their auguries and omens and shudder in terror, for they show a promise of the entropy and destruction brought about by Amon Chakai. Well, does he have a reputation to live up to? Let's see if he can. Your army may include the demon warlord Amon Chikai. He will be accompanied by a retinue of 855 or more points of Tsinch demons chosen from the demon retinue list. Amon Chikai may be your general if you wish. If you are unfamiliar with how the 5th edition Realm of Chaos book works, is in the Realm of Chaos books, you have to buy warbands, and each warband has to be led by a character. And the character has a retinue of at least the same amount of points as he. So if you, for example, buy a mortal general, and you give him some upgrades, and you have, say, a, a general of uh, 300 points, then you have to have him accompanied by at least 300 points of troops from the Chaos Mortals list. And if you then also want to add a Beastman, you have to get some uh, a Beastman character and, and add the units of at least the amount of costs of that Beastman character. So Monchikai, a Lord of Change, he costs 855 points, so he needs to have at least 855 points of Change Demons accompanying him. Now in 5th edition you can choose for your Zinch retinue either 
uh, about flamers and horrors the pink horrors those are the choices you have and in this book you have to have all the demons in your retinue be of the same ruinous power uh, i guess unless you take an undivided demon prince or something like that now amonchikai costs 855 points and i guess that will be including magic items because a regular lord of change sets you back 525 points and Amanchikai has a total of 330 points of magic items. Although his profile is a little bit different from that of a Lord of Change. Amanchikai has a movement of 8 and a weapon skill of 9. He has a ballistic skill of 9 which is 1 point less than your regular Lord of Change. Strength and toughness 7. He has 8 wounds, which is 1 wound more than a normal Lord of Change. Initiative 9, which is 1 less again. 6 attacks and leadership 10, and those are the same. Amonchikai has the following special rules. He has a pair of huge multicolored wings that allow him to fly, as described in the Warhammer rulebook. And remember, this is the Hero Hammer era. Where flying means you can move 24 inches and you can also fly high. Amonchikai is uh, an awesome presence. His penetrating gaze alone can drive mortal man to insanity. He therefore causes terror as described in the psychology section of the Warhammer rulebook. Amonchikai has a demonic aura. Due to his omnipotence, he has a demonic saving throw of 1 plus. And a demonic saving throw works just the same as an armor save, except that it is negated by magic weapons in hand-to-hand -hand combat. So it's nice to have a 1 plus save, and I believe also in Hero Hammer the role of a 1 always fails although i don't quote me on that i'm not too sure it might be that a one plus save is just just means that the character is invulnerable but if you are facing a greater demon you of course are going in with a lord with uh, that's carrying a magic weapon or something else that, that does magical attacks um so i think that this one plus saving throw is really more of a a showpiece or a formality, uh, something like that. It doesn't really help you all that much in battle, I think. But I have not played him, so I don't know for sure. Amonchikai hates all Nurgle demons, any creature that bear the mark of Nurgle, and any units led by a champion of Nurgle. This is summarized in the rule Hate Nurgle. I don't think you could have guessed that. Amonchikai has three demonic rewards. These are the Hand of Destiny, the Master of Sorcery and the All-Seeing Eye. And the Hand of Destiny is unique to Amonchikai, the other ones are more general. Hand of Destiny is a 30 points demonic reward. Amonchikai can doom any mortal to die in combat. The doomed one is almost certain to perish. Such is the power of Amonchikai. One enemy model chosen by the Chaos player is doomed to perish by Amonchikai. All hand-to-hand -hand combat and shooting attacks against this model will automatically hit. This lasts until the end of the battle, even if Amonchikai is killed. 
Now it doesn't say, but I believe you have to select this at the start of the battle. So you just have to uh, determine which character is going to be cursed in this way before the battle begins. But uh, I'm once again, don't quote me on that. Master of Sorcery is a 250 point demonic reward. Through his immense wisdom and knowledge, Amon Chikai is a potent user of magic. He is a level 5 wizard. So great is his cunning and wisdom that he can draw 5 spells from either the Change Dark Magic or Battle Magic spell deck. And he has the All Seeing Eye, a 50 point demonic reward. The baleful gaze of a Monchakai reveals the innermost hopes and fears of any who fall under it. At the start of the game, after both sides have deployed, you may nominate any one model in the enemy army. Your opponent must then reveal all equipment, magic items, special abilities and spells that the model has. In addition, if the model is a wizard, you may pick one of his spells at random, which is rendered useless for the rest of the game and must be discarded. Note that the wizard does not lose a magic level, only the spell is lost. So this is a fun one as well. Two characters can be singled out or one character if you are that player uh, you can single out. I think the Hand of Destiny works better against a general or a combat character and the All-Seeing Eye of course against a wizard. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun way, I think, that they gave him these rules so that you can show he is influencing the battle even before it starts and, and even after he is gone. He can still uh, be of some use. He's, he's planning and he's got his own devices and his own machinations for doing what he does. There is a little vignette here about Amon Chikai that I will read out to you. The last door opened before Witch Hunter General Gunther Munz. Now he finally stood atop the impossible fortress. His quest to slay Amon Chikai was near its end. He stepped into the chamber of glass and saw the great demon sitting upon his throne deep in meditation. Its omnipotent will traveling the fastness of the multiverse. Taking a deep breath, Gunther raised his enchanted sword and prepared to strike down the foul demon. Suddenly his eyes snapped open, shining with amusement as it studied the man before it. Gunther knew he should strike now, but could only stare into those fascinating eyes. Amonchikai spoke. I have watched you since your birth, Gunther Munz, and I have watched the birth of your father, his father, and all your ancestors from the time when they still roamed the plains of the sun in the Southlands. I have watched you grow and I have watched your studies. I saw how your plans to destroy me came to fruition. I have seen every footstep you have taken to come before me. There is nothing I do not know. You are here because I wished it. Did you not know that? For a fleeting moment, the demon held the gaze of the witch hunter general, then released him and he collapsed to the floor. Gunther struggled to his feet, but he lacked the strength. In the glassy surface of the floor, he saw his reflection. 
His arms were thin and feeble, his hair white, his face ancient and withered. It seemed as if fifty years had passed him by, though it had been but a moment. He had been a man in his prime, now he was old and weak. The mocking laughter of a Munchakai rang in his ears as it rose from its throne and moved towards him. The next and last demon that we are going to discuss today is Azazel. Azazel is called the Prince of Damnation and before I dive into his rules I would like to talk to you a little bit about the name Azazel. Uh, Azazel is a name that we find in uh, in in well the non-Warhammer world and the real world as well. It is a name that is uh, derived from the Old Testament of the Bible, from the Jewish scriptures, and it is in the context of the Day of Atonement. Uh, this is a special holy day for the people of Israel. Uh, this is still being celebrated today by the Jews, and the Day of Atonement in Bible times was that once a year the high priest would uh, ask for forgiveness for all the sins of the people, all the things that they had knowingly and unknowingly done, and all of those sins were put onto a goat. And this goat was then taken into the desert. And the name of this goat uh, in Hebrew of the, is it's, uh, Azazel. It's, uh, well, it's a little bit difficult to translate because many Hebrew names also have a meaning. If you take a look at, for example, uh, some famous names from the Old Testament, you have Abraham, which means uh, the father of a multitude. You have uh, Adam, which means man, uh, a human. You have Noah, which means rest. And... You have also Azazel, which can be translated as the goat of descending away, or in a more modern English, uh, the scapegoat. And this goat would be taken into the desert and he would be uh, sent away. And some Bible translations render this as this is the goat for Azazel. You can translate it in that way as well. And that has caused some uh, scholars to believe that Azazel might be the name of a demon. Uh, that was where the a demon who lived in the desert, where this goat carrying all the sins of the people of Israel was sent off to. And either way, uh, whichever translation you choose, whichever translation is the correct one, the name Azazel is not totally unknown in uh, the real world and Warhammer does that a lot of times where they take names from the real world and usually they they twist and turn them a little bit uh, to make uh, a little pun and then you get the Warhammer character. I think for Azazel they maybe just like the name that much that they kept it. Now, Azazel is a demon prince. Your army may include the demon warlord Azazel. He will be accompanied by a retinue of up to uh, of 570 points or more of Slanesh demons, 
chosen from the demon retinue list. And for your information, those are demoness of Slanesh, which can be on foot or mounted on steeds of Slanesh, and you can have fiends of Slanesh as well. Azazel may be your army general if you wish. So we now know that Azazel costs 570 points. He has a movement of 6, weapon skill and ballistic skill of 7, strength 6, toughness 5, 5 wounds, initiative 9, 6 attacks, 7 in brackets, and a leadership of 10. He has the same profile as your regular demon prince, except that he has an extra wound, an extra initiative, and an extra attack. So yeah, that's basically just half the profile change, so not, not entirely the same, but he is a demon prince, except a little bit better. He has a uh, 4 plus save that's given to him by the Dark Halo special rule, and he carries the Demon Blade. Azazel is the Demon Prince of Slanesh, and he thus bears the mark of Slanesh. Azazel takes pleasure in experiences that would leave a mortal man insane, and therefore is not affected by psychology rules. In addition, he never needs to take a break test, for death in combat would be just another welcome consummation of experience. If Azazel is with a unit that is forced to flee, then he is not affected and can continue as normal. Note however that he can be driven off because of his wings. And that is something that you can do if you have a flying creature attack uh, from a fly high position I believe is the only way this rule works. Maybe even if you have a flying creature in general, but if you wing combat against a flying creature, then it's um, it, it, it's placed a couple of inches away and uh, it is then out of combat. I should have uh, I, I should look up that rule. It's it's a little bit different than it was in later editions, and I didn't play fifth edition that much that I know it by heart. Uh, speaking of flying. Azazel has a pair of swan-white wings that allow him to fly as detailed on page 71 of the Warhammer rulebook. So if you want to look up how that driving off works, it's probably over there. He uh, causes terror. Azazel exudes sensual horror that can break the minds of mortals. A lot of mind-breaking going on today. Azazel's left arm ends in a gigantic lustrous claw. This gives him an additional attack, making a total of 7, with a plus 2 strength for this attack only. That's strength 8. Uh, that causes d3 wounds. Azazel is crowned by the Dark Halo of Slanesh, making him the favorite one of the Dark Prince of Chaos. This halo gives him an unmodified save of 4 plus in the same way as a ward, and in later editions this would become a ward save. Azazel has a huge double headed tail. In battle, he uses it to fend off the blows of his opponents. One model in base contact with Azazel, chosen by the Chaos player, will therefore lose one attack. Declare which model will lose the attack before making any dice rolls. This replaces Azazel's normal demonic save. So that's, I think, uh, better, especially because you will probably find him in combat against characters. And 
if you have a character with four attacks on his profile and you reduce it to three, that is a uh, well one extra chance that you lose of getting hit and wounded. Uh, Azazel has three demonic rewards. He is a master of sorcery level two, carries the demon blade and has a special demonic reward of the temptator as detailed below. Temptator is a 50 point demonic reward. Those who come face to face with the awesome presence of Azazel risk gambling with their very souls. Many who see him lose their free will and become incapable of opposing him. They are used as playthings by Azazel until he grows bored of them and disposes them as he sees fit. At the beginning of the Chaos player's turn, one enemy can character in base contact with Azazel has to take a leadership test. If several characters are in base contact, the Chaos player may decide which one has to take the test. If the test is failed, the character can be controlled by the Chaos player from now on and he fights exactly as if he was part of the Chaos army. Nothing can change the affected character's allegiance back. He belongs to Slanesh now. Mind, body and soul. If he is killed, he is worth his own victory points to the opposing army as if he had been part of the Chaos army from the beginning. If he lives through the battle, the Chaos player will gain the victory points exactly as if the model was part of the opposing army and was killed. I don't like that this has a leadership test because the characters that you want to convert have a high leadership usually. But yeah, just imagine if this happens to the enemy general... Uh, an elf lord on a dragon or if you are a little bit more uh, to give you a little bit higher chance a, a goblin general on a giant spider maybe uh, this will really turn the tide of battle if it works and this is something that you can you can do any turn as long as you are in base contact so yeah that's um, that might even be a, a risk you want to take just to get Azazel into combat as quickly as you can just to see if he can convert one or two of the enemy's uh, choice characters. Uh, although that is a, a high risk, high reward ploy because if he dies then, well, uh, he's dead and you have lost uh, 570 points of your army. Master of Sorcery, this is the same demonic reward that Amonchikai had, except that this is now 100 points for 2 levels. Amonchikai has 250 points for 5 levels. A level 2 wizard, however he can only use the spells of Slanesh. And the last demonic reward is the Demon Blade. Zazel wields a mighty enchanted blade, a deadly living weapon against which mortal armor is no proof. No saving throws are allowed against Demon Blade except for magical armor. That's one of those things that you saw more in the Hero Hammer era where magic weapons would allow no saving throws except for magical armor. Um, I think it's a good thing they lost that for, for gameplay purposes. But yeah, it's it's also one of those things that make a bit more sense from a a role-playing perspective um, but yeah that's this general trend going on starting from first edition that Warhammer moves away from the role-playing elements 
a little bit further with each edition. So this this definitely fits the theme. Now, contrary to Amonchikai, as far as I know, Azazel did have his own model. He is, uh, well, what's described here in the book, he's got a claw, he's got a sword, he's got a split tail, he's got swan wings. And he is, in all respects, a demon prince of Slanesh. The model is really nice. I think that every Chaos player, every Slanesh player should try to get their hands on one. Um, even just to use it as a regular Slanesh demon prince or... Uh, perhaps even if you want to as a winged keeper of secrets. I think he will fit in really well with most chaos armies, especially the hero hammer ones, but also in later editions. Now to close of this episode, I want to read a short story that's in this book about Azazel, the Prince of Damnation. When Azazel abandoned humanity and pledged his mortal soul to the service of Slanesh, none can say. But it is rumored that in the distant past, he was the leader of the Garion tribe, one of the twelve great peoples that followed Sigmar, the first emperor. The legend says that he betrayed his liege lord and escaped to the northern wastes, pledging loyalty to Slanesh, the young prince of chaos. Azazel was greatly favored by his master, and rose quickly in his esteem. After slaying Arthur, the exalted champion of Khorne, in single combat, Slanesh turned his eyes upon Azazel and elevated him to demonhood, making him commander of the Prince of Chaos's demonic legions. It is said that the beauty of Azazel is second only to his patron, but as irresistible as his beauty is, there is a deadly edge to it. Those who have gazed upon him never forget the sensual temptations his presence arouses. It is a beauty which evokes loathing and temptation that sickens the soul. Azazel's hair is long, jet black and fine as flax. Two great lacquered horns crown his handsome brow. His eyes are full of innocence and they and yet they are cruel, calculating, and without pity. His smooth skin is white, the color of the finest porcelain, and his movements are graceful, his limbs long and delicate. In his right hand he carries an enchanted blade that writes as if alive, and his left hand is a long, chitinous claw, delicate yet deadly. His wings are of the purest white, their beauty unmatched by swans or other creatures of nature. He soars over the battlefield, sometimes sweeping low to strike his foes, and yet his feet never touch the ground. Azazel dresses in robes made of the finest silks, and his body is bedecked with gorgeous jewels and shining gems. Azazel commands a legion of demons of his master, and under his command, the armies of the Prince of Chaos have enjoyed one blissful triumph after another. Most of their opponents give up the fight before it even begins, for few can bring themselves to harm such an enchanting and wondrous being as Azazel. Azazel, on the other hand, has no such qualms. Azazel sees into the very hearts and souls of men, and even their deepest desires 
and hidden passions are plain to him. With his silvery voice Azazel whispers to his opponents, promising them all they have ever desired if they abandon the folly of opposing Slanesh and embrace the mercy of the Prince of Chaos instead. And there are very few that can resist his temptations. All who know of him dread to face him in battle, for the cost of losing to Azazel is not only death of the body but damnation of the soul as well. At the Battle of the Moors, a force of zealous Templars of Ulrich had made vows before the flame of Ulrich in Middenheim that they would banish Azazel or perish trying. But before the battle ended, the Templars had been reduced to gibbering imbeciles, slaves to the slightest whim of Azazel. He set colors around their necks and made them walk on all fours like dogs to amuse his patron Slanesh. The questing knight Guido de Brion sought out Azazel, intending to challenge him to single combat to fulfill his grail quest, but instead he kneeled before the demon prince, begging him to accept his undying devotion. Laughing, Azazel severed the head of the Bretonian knight, who stood unmoving, convinced in the justification of the act. Woe to those who face Azazel, the right hand of Slanesh. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard. Know ye now, the time of mortals has come to an end.